Welcome to the Revival Center Podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and thoughts from our church. We hope you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. custom on Sunday mornings to stand as we just bring honor to his word. At this part in our service, you have people standing up for all kinds of stuff in America. You know what? We might as well stand for what we believe in as well, and we can stand for God's word. Amen. Look at verse 17. And God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Now the sons of Noah who went out of the ark with Shem, Ham, and Jeph, Jeph, Jephthah, if I'm saying that right. And Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah. And from these the whole earth was populated. Verse 20. And Noah began to be a farmer. And he planted a vineyard. Then he drank of the wine and was drunk. And became uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father. And told his two brothers outside. But Shem and Jephthah took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders, and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned away, and they did not see their father's nakedness. So Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done to him. Then he said, Curse be Canaan, a servant of servants, he shall be to his brethren. Now, you can just, you don't got to turn there, but uh, 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Are y'all ready for this message? We just got, we just dug ourselves a big old deep hole just then, and now I'm going to spend the next two hours digging myself out of it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, on this Father's Day. I pray that you open up our hearts. May we receive this word in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated this morning in the presence of the Lord. All right, here we go. It's going to take me a second to get there, but once we get there, you'll know it, and we'll be deep into it, and then we'll crawl ourselves out of it. Then we'll all get saved and then go and have Father's Day, all right? Y'all ready? Here we go. So America, I believe, is in the need of strong men. Let me, let me re- rephrase that. America is in the need of godly strong men. Somebody say amen right there. That's what we're in the need of. God put you in the right gender. He put you in the right skin color. And he put you in at the right time. You don't got to question none of that stuff right there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Micah chapter 6 verse number 8 says something that I believe speaks to us today. Oh man, oh man, what what is good and what does the Lord require of you? Oh man, what is good but to do justly. To love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. I believe that if you begin to look at the qualities of a godly man or a godly father, it's very simple, very simple. I believe that a godly father loves God. A godly father loves his wife, loves his children. And he's a man of character and he's a man of integrity. And I believe that all human fatherhood should be patterned by the divine fatherhood. When we are to pray, we are taught to pray our Father which that are in heaven. Are you listening to me? So we can look at God the Father and we can begin to see a divine pattern that we should begin to look, that we should begin to follow. The qualities that we see in God the Father should be our example as well. See God the Father, see this about him. See this, see his strength, but also notice his tenderness. 
God the Father. Notice his wrath, mm -hmm, but also notice his mercy. Notice his wisdom and his patience. Notice his forgiveness, but also understand his consequences. These are qualities that we desire to live with as well. Though we are imperfect in living that way, it is something that I believe a standard we should look up to. And let me hit this point as well before we get too deep in this message. This message is relevant for anybody in this room, whether you're a father or not. Many people feel sadness for not have having a godly father in their life maybe you feel like you missed out on something or maybe you know you just feel like you know you, you wish you would have had that in your life listen others feel sadness for not being this kind of father before they got saved are you listening to me so there's a lot of regrets that we can live with but that sadness can be swallowed up and overcome with the joy today because God the father offers his fatherhood to anyone who will accept the gift of adoption by trusting Jesus Christ and and that's a good place to say amen right there. Now, my main subject on this Father's Day is this. The role of the father, the role of a man is too important not to be vigilant. Here we go now. 1 Peter 5, 8 is how I'm going to set this up. God exhorts us to be vigilant and exhorts us to vigilance and sobriety as a part of his work in us. Did you hear what I just said? I don't want to mess that up. What God when God begins to work in our life, as a result of that work, we're to have sobriety and vigilance. Now, what am I talking about here? Watch. I want you to note that in God's strength, he will not shelter us from danger because there is still a lion looking for someone to devour. Okay? So you got to understand that. Vigilance and sobriety are essential. Now, to be vigilant is this, to stay watchful and to stay alert to danger or trouble. In other words, I am vigilant this morning, and so I am looking for that lion trying to sneak his way up and, 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 and jump on me or jump on my family or whatever the case may be. I'm vigilant. I'm talking to men right now, looking out for the enemies of our spiritual, of our emotional, and of our physical well-being. Now, to be sober, you can go to the next slide, thank you. To be sober, the definition is to be temperate, it's to be moderate, it's to be serious, it's to be solemn, self-control, not extreme. These are the definitions of the word sober. Therefore, the opposite of being sober today, if, if you had to reverse that, it would be carelessness, it would be silliness, it would be recklessness in our decision-making process. So as you see, drunkenness is not just alcohol or drugs. Do you see that this morning? I need you to see that, okay? All right, you can be drunk off of all sorts of things. Anything that takes your focus off of God, you can get drunk with that stuff. You can be drunk off of entertainment. Come on, somebody. You can, be, you can be drunk off of uh, uh, entertainment, whether it be sports or hunting or fishing or whatever the entertainment is. Whatever takes the place of God in your life. You can be drunk off of work. Talk to me in here. It's so quiet. You can be drunk off of loneliness. Do you realize that you can be so lonely that nothing else matters? You just need somebody and you don't care what it costs you in order to find that somebody. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, no matter what the drunkenness is, it has the same results. 
it's going to do the same thing. Anytime you get drunk off of something else besides God, your senses are off. Your judgment is off, and you're not thinking straight. And that's the reason the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 6, it says, therefore, let us um, not sleep. And that's how I'm approaching this message. Let us not sleep as others do, but let us be watchful. Let us watch, and let us be sober. Are you, are you catching my drift right here? Luke 21, verse 36, Jesus says, watch, therefore, be vigilant. Watch, therefore, be sober-minded, be serious. Don't be uh, always walk around in this silliness state. Take some stuff to heart this morning. Ephesians 5, 18, and this is going to be my transition scripture right here. It says, and do not be drunk with wine in which is uh, excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So I want you to tell your neighbor right now, this is the wrong day to be drunk. Come on, tell them right now, this is the wrong day. Some of y'all, anyways, I'm just, just, even though the word sober means so much more than being sober from alcohol. I just went through that whole little case that right there to show you that I'm not specifically talking about alcohol. I'm talking about anything that you can get drunk off of. Uh, however, with that being said, Noah gives us an example of what can happen when we fail to be vigilant. Are you tracking with me? I'm, I'm turning the page right here. Noah, the scripture that we read, shows us what happens when we begin to get drunk off of something else that's not God. I want you to look at Noah the man. Noah the man, Noah the priest of his home. He saves his family with the building of his ark. But yet this same man who heard from God, who did, who did an incredible work for God, he is also the same man that curses his family because he was not vigilant. This shows us the struggles of Families behind closed doors. And every family in this room has family secrets. And I am so glad that I can share this in front of everyone. You see, everybody in this room has things that you have been through that are too private to share. Contradictions in your principles. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Contradictions in your values. This is what I love about the Bible. The Bible does not mind opening the door to the secrets of the characters of the Bible. It shows us the good part of knowing. He built the ark. Everybody got saved and his family made it through. But he also shows us the bad part where he got drunk off of his wine. But I want you to note in the story, the difference maker of both the good side of the story and the bad side of the story of this family was the man of the home called Noah. The good side, Noah listened to God in a time when listening to God was not in style. God spoke to this man to build an ark. Noah responded uh, quite well. He responded accordingly. And if there is a man in the house, then you ought to affect that house. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If there's a father in that house, you ought to affect the atmosphere of that house. And as Noah heard from God in Genesis 6 verse 9, as he heard from God, he began to walk. He was walking with God. He began to build this ark. He was vigilant right here. He was sober right here. He was faithful right here. He was obedient. All the good qualities that you want to see in a man It was faithful. Right here in Genesis 6 9, he guided his family through the flood waters, and the ark landed on the mountain after the flood. They had survived. Now we're over in Genesis 8 16. I'm just trying to get you to the point. And then he said, go out of the ark, you and your wife, your sons, and your sons' wives with you. They survived. Now watch. 
after Noah came through the flood, he had signs. Listen to me now. Signs that everything was going to be okay now. You had the sign of the dove. You had the sign of the olive branch. You had the sign of the rainbow. The storm was over. Are you tracking with me right here? The storm was over. And then watch what happens when Noah feels like I'm safe now. Watch what happens when Noah says, the storm is over now. Watch what happens when Noah says, finally, I can, I can sit down. I can breathe. The storm is past me. He had all the signs and the signals that they were going to be okay, not realizing that the storm was not going to be his greatest hurdle, but his greatest hurdle was going to be a simple vineyard that he was about to plant. Is anybody tracking with me this morning? It is when you get at the end of a particular battle that you can become the most vulnerable to the next one. Now, you would think if this man can hear from God, survive a flood, but yet he can't survive some grapes. Come on, somebody. It's not the battle that you have to worry about. It's when the battle is over. Because while the storm is raging and, and, and you are, you're braced, you're prepared, you're vigilant, you're sober, you recognize you're under spiritual attack, so you're praying, you're fasting, you're reading your Bible, you're coming to church, you're bringing your family to church, we're under spiritual attack everybody get in here we're going to pray this thing through and and all of a sudden you get through it on the other side and you take your foot off the gas Mm -hmm, yeah but in the spirit once you get to the other side of the battle and you make it you are now faced with another level because most battles are simply to keep you where you were at so if you get past a battle then that means you have now went up another level of faith and so now you have a whole new set of circumstances I want you to see when you get on this altar and you're praying out to God and you mean business with God the devil says wait just a minute Those little junior high devils aren't going to do the work no more. I used to just send a little high school little little, little demon and and just knock this man off his rocker. But not anymore. He's serious. He's vigilant. He's sober. He's watching out for me now. So I got to up my game a little bit. So he sends a new wave of, of another wave of attack trying to overthrow you. That's why you are being attacked in places that you never thought about. You're being attacked by people that you never thought would ever attack you in areas that you never thought would happen. And that's the bad news. But the good news is, is those weapons, those attacks against the believer, those storms, Isaiah 54, 17 reminds me that no weapon that is formed against you shall be able to prosper. So the weapons may be formed, but you shall overcome them all. Somebody say man right there. Now I want you to see the point. That just because you survived, you must remain vigilant and sober and watchful. Now, I know you and your family will become tired when you go through trials. You get overwhelmed. And that's why you must be wise. Listen to me now. You think because you've won the battle, you've won the war. But I'm here to tell you that there will be more storms and more trials to come. you got to think about it like a boxer. Come on, a boxer goes out there in round one. You fight for three minutes and then you go back to the corner and you get and you catch your breath but in the boxer knows that when the bell rings what's fixing to happen y'all mm-hmm. you're going back for round two and that's how you got to look at your life you can't ever take your foot off the gas what helped you get through one season is what's going to help you get through another season don't lay off your church life don't lay off your prayer life don't lay off your word life your worship life that stuff still works y'all look at noah 
He came through this fight. He came through this battle. And the Bible says that there was a new earth now. It, the flood changed things. The old earth was no more. Noah had to build a brand new home. He had to build a brand new altar. He had to find a brand new profession. I'm in Genesis 9:21, And so he began to be a farmer. And he, he planted. And Noah drank from this planted vineyard. So much so. So much so because he thought the storm had passed. Listen, guys. You know, I know somebody's out there thinking this right now. Listen, Jason, you need to give Noah a break. That man was with his family shut up for almost a whole year. I know what you're thinking. But this man drunk so much he got drunk. All right, watch now. Noah had this great victory. Then, just a few verses later, he lets his guard down, and now he's intoxicated. It reminds me, this whole little story reminds me of Proverbs 20, verse 1, that I think is important in the context. Wine is a mocker. That is what's fixing to happen to Noah. Wine is a mocker. It's a strong drink. is a brawler. Whoever is led astray by it is not wise. Watch me. Hear me in the name of the Lord right here. Genesis 9, 21. At this moment that Genesis 9, 21 is being written, do you Realize at that moment, Noah should have been at the height of his relationship with God. Do you realize that? This moment should have been his, his, his climax. This should have been the moment that he came off that ark praising God and glorifying God. But yet what we are reading here is a man who let his guard down. Understand the spiritual strategy and the implications of not being vigilant. It is a a tactic of the enemy. This is spiritual warfare. Because whenever you get intoxicated with the things of this world, intoxicated with lust, intoxicated with success, intoxicated with drugs or alcohol whatever you want to uh, put there because whenever you get whenever because whenever you get intoxicated with the things of this flesh you begin to lose your senses your vision is blurred your motor skills decease your soul your body is reacting to a foreign substance and you are simply not at your best are you listening to me You're just simply not at your best. This is a strategy of the enemy that has been used in every area of life, no matter the age, the gender, the social class, or the skin color. Noah was drunk, and he left his family uncovered. And what should have been a a great period of his life and of his family's life becomes one of the worst, and it becomes a curse. The Bible says in Genesis 9.22 that while he was drunk, something happened oh my goodness and what happened would have never happened if he would have not been intoxicated his son Ham came into the room in verse 22 now on the surface of verse 22 it seems like Ham just looked at his dad that's what it seems like Uh uh-huh but but um but there have been many uh, of times that boys have accidentally seen their father's nakedness and it didn't get them cursed. Are you hearing me, okay? Uh, just to accidentally and involuntarily uh, see somebody would not be a crime when you're living there. But, but this is more than a look. You say, why is this more than a look? Because of what we read in verse 24, 924. Whatever was done... 
in that room, whatever was done in that room, Noah came up out of his drunken state and recognized something had happened. Now, there are two schools of thoughts that I'm going to share with you in, in, what, in what some people think happened in that room. I'm not preaching either one of them. I ain't touching it. Now, you can have your own opinion, and you can send me an email and say, Pastor Jason, that ain't what happened. This is what happened. Well, send it to pbrandyvrc at gmail.com. And she'll handle it, all right? I ain't touching it. I don't know what happened. I'm just going to give you two schools of thought. One, some people think that Ham took advantage of Noah's wife. That's what some people think because when you look at, at the older days in, in, the, in that time of, of the writing uh, in the Bible times, to say, to refer to a man's nakedness sometimes is to refer uh, that the, their wife was uncovered. In other words, that, that is one, one thought of it, okay? Another thought is as simple as what, what it sounds like, uh, that while Noah was asleep, Ham took advantage of him, okay? And Noah awoke and he cursed him, cursed Ham, uh, Canaan. Now, really, I don't know what happened. The point is this. It's not what took place in the room. The point is this. If Noah... The father, the man of the house, had been vigilant. If he had been watchful, are you listening to me? Then whatever did happen would have never happened is my point. There is a reason that, that Peter says you need to be sober. You need to be vigilant. You need to be watchful because you have an adversary looking for a weakness, looking for a moment to slip in and to attack. And you're not going to be able to fight this devil if you are not serious about this battle. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, my next point is this. It is too expensive not to be vigilant. It's going to cost you too much not to be sober. That when the enemy gets ready to attack you, to violate you and your family he's going to wait until you are the most distracted to do it I'm trying to help somebody right here. Listen, men, don't you see the enemy wants to get you preoccupied with other stuff? He wants to get you preoccupied with the things of this world. And then whenever you can't live up to the things of this world, now you go into depression. Now you're dealing with oppression. Now you're dealing with fear. Then you turn to alcohol or drugs or lust or work, whatever. The, anything, anything to distract you from being who you really are. That's the reason the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, to be sober, to be vigilant for your adversary. The devil is like a roaring lion. Listen, the devil knows that he is no match for a true man of God. He is no match for a true man of God. That's why the devil has to scheme to get you to abandon your post. You have to abandon your post. Because he knows how powerful the man of God is. Listen, Dad, he wants your children, husband, he wants your wife, he wants your family. So he tries to get you to focus on anything else but God. And while you're intoxicated with life, while you're, we're losing an entire generation, while we are preoccupied with other things in our life, we're losing entire families, we're losing entire marriages. Men, do not find yourself abandoning your posts this morning because you may wake up one day and find out that you have lost your wife, you have lost your family because you were preoccupied with something else. Can I preach this the way I feel it this morning? 
As the praise team makes their way up slowly, listen to me. That lust is too much. Listen to me now. That sin is too expensive. That drink will cost you more than what you're willing to pay. God wants to bless your family, man. Listen to me. He wants to heal your family. He wants to touch your family. God wants to minister to every area of your life. And the enemy doesn't mind you come to church. He just doesn't want you to change when you leave the church. He doesn't care if you come. He just cares if, if, if you come in here and get your life right. He wants you to keep acting the same crazy way away from this church. But I believe this morning there are some folks who are beginning to see the enemy for what he is. Listen to me now. That we can't help what we've done in the past. Listen to me now. We've all messed up in this room. Even the person with the microphone this morning. We've all had left some doors open. We've all, some of us, we've all dealt with children out of wedlock. We've all blown it a few times. We, we, we've been in the mud a time or two. We, we've done things that we have fallen. We've done things that we're ashamed of. Listen to me, y'all. Nobody in this room is perfect. But listen, I can't change where I've been. I can't change what I have done in my past, but I can change where I am going in my future. Yes, sir, I can. Because I'm better than this. Are you hearing me? I was taught better than this. Oh my goodness. And I am coming to my senses now. As the prodigal son said to himself. Why am I going to settle for the pig pen. When I know my father loves me. My father will accept me back in. Why am I going to settle for this? No more will I be asleep at the hog pen when I could be living in my father's house. And so here it is. Now is the time to wake up. Now is the time to be watchful. Join with the other men in this room who have already awakened from their slumber. Listen, there are men in this room who have already woken up and seen God begin to change their life and change their family situation. And I thank God that we have men in this this church who will serve God because when the enemy attacks this house I want some men of God standing around this place you better hear me telling the devil that if you're going to get in here then you're going to have to go through some men of God to do it the preacher doesn't always have to do it all my God the preacher doesn't always have to be the one doing spiritual warfare because we have some men of God in this place that says I'll handle this devil right here oh my get back in the name of Jesus so listen to me this morning no matter where you are I'm calling all men back to your post are you listening to me maybe you're already there maybe you're not I don't know but listen I'm calling all men to be watchful to be vigilant, to be sober to be sober to understand that you have a post in your family and so if you are not there I want you to know there's a way for you to come back home somebody say amen right there do you receive that this morning we hope you have enjoyed today's message. For more information about the Revival Center, visit us on the web at revivalcenter.org.